As the haze whirled away and feeling returned, Dr. Sam Beckett became aware of the sound of an electrocardiogram. Being a medical doctor, he could tell immediately the impulses were quite regular for a normal heartbeat. His eyes flickered open and he stared straight into strobe lighting. Oh no, not again, he moaned, blinking considerably. At that moment, he became fully aware of his surroundings and let out a sigh. I'm back. In the hospital. I'm back. Andrew! The cry was one of total shock mixed with an overwhelming excitement and it was female. Looking around, he focused on a young blonde woman seated next to him by the bed. Her blue eyes were full of tears of relief as well as fatigue. He smiled up at her and felt his hand being squeezed tightly by her own. Andrew! She cried again. I prayed and prayed you'd wake up. Oh, thank God! Sam lifted one hand and brushed away a lock of hair that had fallen over her eyes. Jennifer, he asked tenderly. Yes, it's me, darling, she replied, allowing the tears to cascade down her cheeks. She leaned forward and sobbed into his chest. <laughs> Sam put both arms around the young woman and hugged her gently. It's okay, he said comfortingly. Jennifer, it's going to be okay. I'm here now. I wouldn't stop believing. I c couldn't stop, she stammered, holding on to him. I know, I know. That's why I'm here. He stopped for a minute, then added, Your faith brought me back, love. A whooshing sound echoed around the intensive care unit as the daughter of the future arrived, and Al stepped out, looking delighted. Oh, good, you made it back, I see. The quantum physicist noticed him, and while he stroked Jennifer's soft, silky hair, nodded his head, indicating he wanted to hear the latest news update on the situation he was involved in. The Admiral positively beamed as he proceeded to press several keys on the coloured handlink. Sam, this is great. Andrew makes a full recovery. He and Jennifer fall in love all over again and they remarry a couple of months from now. A large smile spread across Sam's face and he squeezed the young woman gently. In answer, she raised her head and kissed him lovingly. He responded to her touch and returned the affection. In a few moments, they were locked in a warm embrace, their kissing becoming more and more passionate. Uh, don't you think you should inform the medical staff that you've, I mean, that Andrew's recovered? Al asked. He received no reply from either of the two, who continued kissing, oblivious to anyone or anything at that moment. Well, I guess not right now. Maybe later, huh? There was still no reaction, so Al summoned the door into the imaging chamber by tapping out a certain code on the handlink. I'll, um, see you later, Sam, he said, stepping inside the time hole that led to a different day and month, but the same year. Once inside the doorway, he turned around. I'll go and see if Ziggy has any idea as to when you should be leaping. I mean, you've revived Mr Lomax from almost certain death, so it looks like mission accomplished. Sam stopped kissing Jennifer. He looked over towards Al and the door and shook his head slightly. It's not over yet, Al said surprised. How do you know? I just know, Sam replied quietly. You know what? Jennifer asked puzzled. Sam thought quickly. I just know that, that I love you, he told her sweetly. She gazed deeply into his eyes. And I love you, Andrew, very, very much. The physicist pulled her closer to him and began kissing her once more. Here we go again, Al commented, whereupon he exited the room and the door closed behind him. 
That night, Sam Beckett lay in the hospital bed after being ordered to rest by one of the doctors, Dr Williams to be precise. Even though he felt fit and healthy, Sam had to try and remember that Andrew Lomax had been in critical condition. At any rate, Sam decided he did need to relax. Since the whole strange experience of being trapped in limbo and then being sent back into Andrew's body had quite exhausted him, so he found it very easy to fall into a deep slumber. As he slept, he dreamt a whirling mist of blue and white seemed to cover his entire body. There were clouds racing through an evening sky as the sun was setting in rich colours of oranges, pinks and golds. Sam felt he was in a complete state of tranquillity as he travelled at great speed through the air. Was he leaping again? He wasn't quite sure. And if he was, then it didn't matter. Nothing seemed to be of any significance anymore. As he journeyed through space, he came across a dazzling light radiating warmth and comfort. The whole scene was so peaceful and serene. Suddenly he heard a voice coming from the centre of the energy source. Sam immediately recognised the tone and knew he'd heard it before, but he couldn't place where for a moment. Then it dawned on him. This was the same voice that had spoken to him whenever he was in between leaps. I forgive you, Sam, it said in a soft, resounding tone. Sam Beckett pondered what he'd just heard. Forgive him? he kept asking himself. What had he done wrong? Apart from stepping into the accelerator chamber on the Project Quantum Leap, causing his soul to be lost in time, jumping from life to life, he realised for the first time that he'd gone ahead with the experiment without even considering how anybody else would feel if it went wrong. He'd been thinking of only himself when he took that fateful step. Maybe that was when he made the mistake. So as punishment he was chosen to live as a non-person, putting right what the times had made wrong. No, it wasn't exactly a punishment as such. It had taught him to care deeply for others, and he'd received a great deal of satisfaction when things did go right for the people he helped. It also taught him the valuable lesson of surviving. Most of his life he'd been distant and shy, finally shutting himself off from the rest of the world by hiding away under 150 feet of desert sand, like the proverbial ostrich, devoting time and energy to his projects in the hope he could conquer travelling in time. He'd never really experienced the true meaning of existence until he'd started leaping into the lives of other people during his own lifetime. Then a memory floated into mind. It was rather faded, but he could see himself condoning a friend from his past. He was only ten years old, and the other kid had picked a fight with him on his farm in Elkridge, Indiana. He couldn't remember what the argument had been about, only the fact that he forgave his friend, even though the boy had been the one in the wrong. He recalled telling his mother about the incident. What had she said? People don't have the right to forgive. Absolution comes only from God himself. As those words formed in his mind, a sudden darkness descended upon him, but he felt no fear. It lifted, and he saw a silver mist cascading towards the earth. He looked closer and noticed it was made of thousands upon thousands of shooting stars. Their brilliance shone all around him, and he smiled amazed and lost in awe at the sight. Sam's eyes opened slowly, but strangely enough, he could still see the celestial light. Believing that he was still dreaming, he blinked several times. He realised he was awake. It wasn't a dream. 
When he looked into the brightness again, he became aware of the outline of a figure. His vision came into focus, and he saw it was a little girl standing by his bed. Angela, he cried, so overjoyed to see her again. Is it really you? Framed within a silver radiance, she gave the appearance of being an ethereal vision. She looked just like an angel. At first Sam thought it was a figment of his imagination until she spoke to him. Daddy, I'm so glad to see you're well again. Crystal tears glistened in her eyes. She leaned over and kissed him lightly on the cheek. I love you, Daddy, and I forgive you. Those final three words spoken so softly were overshadowed by another voice. Sam realised it was the same voice that accompanied him during his travels through the mysteries of time and space before he found himself occupying another person's body. He understood the words were not only for the little girl's father, they were for him as well. He reached out and took hold of her hand. Even though she was in spirit form, something allowed them to touch. Sam felt a ripple of emotion begin to stir somewhere deep inside. He sensed the part of him, who was Andrew Lomax, was finally letting go of the hatred he'd had for himself and the guilt he'd carried with him ever since that fateful day he'd accidentally caused the death of his beloved daughter. Warm tears began to trickle down his cheeks. I love you too, Angela, he replied, full of compassion. Taking the little girl into his arms, he whispered softly, Now you can be at peace, little one. As they hugged, Sam felt an overpowering wave of unconditional love flow over him. It touched his very soul, the element that was Dr. Sam Beckett. He knew it was time for the little girl to go, and so let go of her gently. Angela walked over to the centre of the room, her eyes full of tears, but they were no longer tears of sorrow. They were tears of happiness. A sensitive smile came to her lips. Goodbye, Daddy. Deep inside, she thanked the Heavenly Father for giving her the chance to see him one last time. Goodbye, honey, Sam said in a melancholy tone. He was sad to watch her go, but at the same time happy to know she was free at last. As soon as he'd wished her farewell, a brilliant light in the formation of twinkling stars cascaded over the little girl. It was like an illuminated waterfall as it showered down on her. Angela gave her father a knowing look. Thank you, Sam, for everything, she said, smiling. And please thank Al for me too, she added. His look was one of surprise. Then Sam realised she'd known all along he'd been sent to help her father to face life again, to love once more so the spirit of his daughter could ascend to an eternal paradise. I will, he answered softly. Goodbye, Angela. He watched as the beautiful shimmering waterfall covered the girl completely. The light became brighter and brighter, then it vanished without a trace, taking Angela with it. Dr. Sam Beckett lay back against a pillow, wiping the tears from his eyes. He glanced over at the space where the spirit of the little girl had been, but the intensive care room was now bathed in darkness. He pictured the wondrous vision he'd witnessed only moments ago. Had it all been real? He smiled contentedly because he knew the answer. Yes, he said quietly, it really did happen. For the first time in his life, the physicist felt completely at peace with himself. 
He wasn't even worried about leaping to his next task now that he'd completed what he believed to be the most incredible experience he'd ever been a part of. It had taken him beyond the realms of existence and was something not even his Swiss cheese mind would forget. He had just closed his eyes so he could drift off into a tranquil sleep when a metallic sound made him open them. He noticed the room was partially bathed in light once more. Only this time, he knew it was coming from the doorway that led to the quantum leap imaging chamber. Al Calavici stood there, cigar in one hand, hand link in the other, a confused look on his face. He stepped forward and the door closed behind him. He paused and pressed the keypad, causing the electronic bleeps to sound in various high-pitched tones. Uh-oh, he said a little alarmed. Uh-oh, Sam asked calmly, staring into space. The expression the observer frequently used no longer seemed to aggravate him like it had in the past. Al gave a puzzled frown. Are you okay? The quantum physicist looked at his best friend and smiled. I'm fine, thanks. Then he thought of the little girl. Angela's at peace, and she wanted me to say thank you for her. The Admiral sighed contentedly on hearing the good news, then reverted back to the problem at hand. I guessed that because a moment ago I received news from Ziggy telling me you've completed your mission. So, can I leap? Sam asked, remaining in a composed manner. To tell the truth, he didn't really mind if he could or not. Well, um, that's the problem, I replied awkwardly. Ziggy doesn't know when it's going to happen. He took a short breath and continued as best he could. I mean, you should leap real soon. After all, you've helped two people, or should I say one person and a spirit, or was it two spirits? He was getting rather confused. Never mind, he said abruptly. What I'm trying to say is, Ziggy finds no explanation as to why you haven't leaped yet. I don't know why either, Sam admitted. All I know is it's not up to me, or you, or even the project, and Ziggy. The Admiral was even more perplexed, particularly at the way the quantum physicist was handling the situation. He couldn't remember when he'd seen Sam so calm. Then who, he asked. Sam grinned at the observer. It's up to him, Al. Who him? Then Al realised who Sam was referring to. Oh, you mean him? God. Exactly, Sam assured him. An idea entered the Admiral's train of thought and he decided to put it forward. Maybe you can return to the project here in New Mexico. After all, you are in the year 1999. Sam Beckett hadn't even considered the possibility of going home. It seemed a nice idea, but something told him it could also be a dangerous one. But I'd be Andrew while he'd be me. Also, if we did meet, it would probably cause a paradox in the space and time continuum. I don't think about that, Al replied. After all, it was Dr. Beckett who was the genius in the laws of science, not him. That's okay, Sam <laughs> said. We can't all be masterminds in the art of time travel, he added with a grin. <laughs> Al laughed in return. I guess not. Just then the door appeared, taking them both by surprise. What the... Gushy, Al yelled. Why have you sent the door? I never asked for it. When there was no reply, he tried again, but still received no answer. He began frantically pressing keys on the handlink, but it was all to no avail. Gushy! Sam got out of the bed and stood up. It was weird, but he suddenly felt drawn to the rectangular block of light. He knew he'd been mentally coerced in this way once before, and he still didn't understand why he was being compelled toward it again. All he knew was he must walk through that doorway. 
the Admiral, absorbed in an attempt to find out from the hybrid computer just what the heck was going on, noticed his friend's movements and it startled him. Sam, where are you? What the hell are you doing? He asked apprehensively. At that precise moment, the physicist entered the doorway and it seemed to almost swallow him up. He became alarmed and turned to face the hologram of his friend. Al Calavici had been expecting the scientist to walk straight through it and back into the hospital. The door was, after all, only a holographic image like himself. Instead, he'd seen his friend almost vanish before his eyes. Sam! he exclaimed, completely shocked at the revelation. The quantum physicist quickly retraced his steps back to the Admiral. Al! I can get through it, he said, surprised. A sense of deja vu passed by, and he realised this had all happened before. He stared back into the light. Oh no, he said anxiously. It can't be the other door, the one that leads to that place between heaven and hell. Sam started becoming more fearful. I can't go back there. It's not my time yet. Surely it's not. He looked at Al imploringly. The hologram checked the handling for answers to this strange phenomenon. According to Ziggy, the father you leaped into is going to still make a full recovery. He shook his head and frowned. I, I don't understand. I'm not going through it, Sam decided. I'll just stay here and maybe we'll go away, he said hopefully, taking a few steps backwards. Al's jaw dropped in astonishment when he saw where the physicist was standing. Instead of bumping into the object behind him, he'd walked straight through it. Sam, he cried, you're in the middle of the bed. What? Sam stared down and to his complete surprise realised what the Admiral was saying was the truth. <gasps> At that moment, the door to the future slammed shut, causing them both to jump. What the heck? Sam began extremely puzzled. A squeal from the hand link cut him off in mid-sentence. Al looked at the little gadget and then across at Sam, still standing through the bed, looking totally baffled. According to Ziggy, your body is vanished from the waiting room, he exclaimed in concern. What? That's impossible, Sam cried out, alarmed. The Admiral thought for a moment. Not unless... A well-known saying, God works in mysterious ways, had come to mind. Not unless what, Sam asked with concern, his scientific mind needing a logical explanation. Al prayed what he was thinking would turn out to be accurate. Still, maybe it was just a desperate hope. He took a deep breath, then reached out as if to seize Dr Beckett's arm. To his and Sam's complete and utter astonishment, that was exactly what he did. Gotcha, he cried out as he felt his fingers close on solid flesh. Sam's eyes widened as the realisation hit him like a smack in the face. Al, he declared excited, this, this is the imaging chamber. A sudden rush of emotion took over as he became aware that everything around him was now a hologram except his best friend. I'm home, Sam almost choked on his words. I've come home, Al. Tears welled up in the Admiral's eyes. He couldn't quite believe he was actually holding onto Sam's arm after all these years. He gripped a little tighter just to confirm it was actually happening and he wasn't hallucinating. Ouch! Sam said. I forgot you had a grip like steel. The moisture was glistening in his own eyes and he sniffed, trying to hold back the tears. But it was no use and they began to trickle down his cheeks. I guess God decided you'd reached your ultimate leap, Al said. 
He wiped his face with the back of his hand while the other remained firmly clasped around Dr. Beckett's arm. Yeah, I guess, Sam replied, then looked above him. Thank you, he uttered, sensing a feeling of sheer relief. Al Calavici flung his arms around the physicist and hugged him. Welcome home, Sam. The two men remained where they were, so pleased they could at last occupy the same space at the same time. Then the Admiral released his hold and yelled with all his might, Gooshy, open the door! He winked at Sam and added, I've got a surprise for you, and it's a real doozy. There was a whooshing sound as the chamber door slid upwards. Tentatively, the physicist stepped through, followed by the observer. Once inside, Sam noticed a second sealed entrance at the end of a buffer zone. Slowly, his memory began to return. He watched as Al started to punch out a combination on the hand link and stopped him. May I have the pleasure? he asked. The Admiral smiled and handed him the little gizmo. There you go, but believe me, it's no pleasure. Sam knew what to do. He pressed the correct keys and the door opened, revealing the interior of the control room in all its shimmering and colourful splendour. Al indicated he should wait where he was, then stepped out of the buffer zone. Sam immediately recognised the watchful eyes of Gushi, who was standing behind the multi-viewed table. Next to him was the psychiatrist, Dr. Fabina Beeks. Standing beside her was Tina, who greeted the Admiral with a loving smile. So what's the surprise, she asked curious. Al looked at the head programmer. Where's Donna? I think she's in her quarters, Gushy replied. Admiral, what's going on? Is Dr. Beckett all right? From inside the buffer zone, Sam grinned widely. Oh, Dr. Beckett's just fine, Al assured his colleagues, then turned back to the little guy with the bad breath. Get Dr. Elisi here, on the double. Okay, Gushy said surprised. He flicked a switch and made an announcement over the intercom. Several minutes later, she appeared looking rather flustered. Then she noticed the Admiral. What's up? she asked, her face changing to a look of concern. Is it Sam? Yes, it is, a voice said from behind the chamber door, whereupon the quantum physicist stepped out, much to everyone's amazement. <gasps> Sam! Donna cried, whirling round to see where the sound was coming from. Without a word, he walked over and gathered her up into a warm embrace. The memories came flooding back and he now knew who she was. This attractive brunette was his wife, whom he loved dearly. Dr. Lisi lifted her head and gazed into her husband's eyes. I knew you'd come back again. I just knew it, she told him, relieved he had finally returned. Again, Sam looked puzzled. The Admiral walked up beside him and decided to explain. In a previous sleep, you came back to your own time while I was the one stuck in 1945. Dr. Beckett stared at him a little bewildered. Huh? I'll continue to describe the event. We simo-leaped, and in doing so, changed places. Then you leaped back into the past and saved my life. But you couldn't get back. He paused briefly. I'm glad you made it this time, Sam. So am I, Donna replied, hardly daring to let go of him in case he vanished from her again. Dr. Beckett smiled at them both. Then he leaned forward to kiss his wife, to which she returned the favour. Both felt the passion that had been hidden for so long begin to flourish inside themselves, and their kissing grew stronger. The rest of the project personnel decided they too would show their feelings. They crept from around the coloured cuboid structure and walked over to the quantum physicist and his wife. 
Welcome home, Dr. Beckett, Gucci greeted with enthusiasm. Welcome home! Both Sam and Donna felt a little embarrassed when they realised everyone had been watching their public display of affection. Al noticed and grinned. Oh, come on, you had every right to kiss the way you just did. He stepped up to Sam's lovely wife. Don't I get one? he asked. Donna smiled at her husband, who had a look on his face that seemed to say, trust him. Then she turned round and gave the Admiral a friendly hug. Hey, what about me, Sam? Verbena asked, whereupon he embraced the psychiatrist. I'm so glad to see you again, she whispered. Tina tapped him on the shoulder to gain his attention and received a generous squeeze from him as well. Gushy joined in and pretty soon everyone was hugging everyone else. I think it's time to pop the champagne bottle, Al announced. He was given a pleasing nod from Tina, who came over and threw her arms round him, much to his delight. Donna returned to her husband's embrace. I love you, Sam, she said softly, her heart filled with affection for the one man she thought she might never see again. Dr. Beckett knew fate had been kind. Now here he was, back in his own time, amongst people he truly cared about. One woman in particular meant the whole world to him. I love you, Donna, he whispered, then kissed her tenderly. It all seemed like an incredible dream, but the miraculous thing was he really had come home at last. Mm. As she held on to him tightly, Dr. Donna Elise closed her eyes and prayed he wouldn't leave her again. At the same time, she was very much aware he was a scientist who would continue to devote himself to his experiments. He'd have to carry on with his work. It was in his blood. It was his reason for living. But would he be wise to continue with Project Quantum Leap? After all, she thought, as the saying goes, you shouldn't tempt fate twice. Dr. Sam Beckett, dressed in a white Fermi suit, made the final adjustments on the multicolored panel that was the main part of the computer. Then he addressed his creation, eagerness in his voice. Ziggy? Yes, Dr. Beckett? The tone indicated the complete disinterest as to how her inventor happened to be feeling at that precise moment in time. What's the betting the experiment will be a hit this time? He asked in anticipation. I predict a 52% chance of success, the voice replied. Sam sighed and rested chin in hand. Well, at least that's better than last time. Okay, let's do it. Good luck, Dr. Beckett, Ziggy said with the same cool attitude. Thanks, I'll need it. Sam walked up to the door which opened for him with a gentle whoosh of air and stepped into the accelerator chamber for the third time. As he did so, he heard a familiar, deep, gravelly voice from behind. Oh, no, you don't, Al Calavici said curtly. You're not leaving without me. Not this time, Sam. He was wearing the same protective suit, and before the physicist could do anything to prevent it, the Admiral followed him into the chamber. Immediately, the door sealed shut behind the two friends. As the energy field pulsated around them, Sam Beckett raised his arms and glanced over at the Admiral, who was copying his motion. There won't be any more leaping this time, Sam assured him. I've updated the process, and the calculations are completely correct. He smiled, feeling a rush of excitement mixed with nervous tension. No more leaping, he repeated, closing his eyes. He had to be right. He just had to be. Sure, no more leaping, I replied with a hint of uneasiness. He couldn't help being rather sceptical. 
especially after observing the past five years. There was an almighty powerful surge of electrical energy as blue and white lightning flashed all around them. It glowed brighter and even more radiant with each second that passed. Then, both quantum physicist and time traveller Dr. Sam Beckett and his once observer, Admiral Al Calavici, uttered those immortal words in perfect harmony. Oh boy! The end. <laughs>